Hey, hello, I'm Tommy Chong. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. I'm telling you, if you're not using this Durachill, you're not really in the pot business. You're just on the fringe of it. So if you really want to get serious, man, this is what you need. You need a Durachill in your life. You've got the technology here to have the cleanest, purest, healthiest product. I'm impressed. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If your chiller's down, you ain't making money. And you heard it from me, Tommy Chong. Brought to you by PolyScience. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, brought to you by PolyScience. This is Patricia Miller, Managing Editor of Cannabis and Tech Today. With me is Gary Cohen, CEO of Kova Software. Kova is a point-of-sale system available throughout the U.S. and Canada, and the company is now offering free seminars for cannabis retailers. Now, that'll fill them in on all the ins and outs of running a dispensary, super-needed service. Gary, thanks for joining us. Trisha, how are you? Doing real good. How's your day going? It's good. I'm in the middle of an airport in Calgary, Alberta. Oh, wow. So if it gets loud... Sorry about that. No, no problem at all. I appreciate you talking with me. I'm very interested in talking about this topic. Yeah, maybe before we dive into these seminars, which I think is such a valuable service, I'd love just a little bit of background. How did you first uh, become involved with, with cannabis technology? What, what inspired you to get into that field? That's a really good question. We spun out of a parent company. That parent company established themselves doing point-of-sale technology about 25 years ago. And in, in they, they focused on the cellular phone industry. And that is about the most complex retail technology platform you can have. And most people don't think about what goes on when you go into a Verizon or a T-Mobile store. But between the handset, the rate plans, programming phones, insurance, warranty, uh, on and on. Um, it's very, very complex compared to just going in and buying a pair of shoes. Mm. And in, in the system in the back just, you know, deducts that pair off the inventory, and when it gets too low, it reorders more. That's about as complex as normal point of sale is. And what made that so hard was, AT&T does it different than Verizon, and Verizon does it different than T-Mobile, and the Canadian companies do it all different. So it's just a mess. And they wound up getting about 84% share of all the, the cellular stores in North America over about 20 years. Hmm. And they were looking to, you know, to expand into new verticals. And when we were thinking about it, you know, we have all this know-how for complex retail systems. So just expanding to a new vertical like sporting goods stores or convenience stores or shoe stores, um, we're, we're way too much overkill for that. So to give you one more piece of background, so I'm originally from Colorado, but then I lived in California for 19 years. And between those two places, I had a lot of people I knew and grew up with that went into the cannabis business. 
Okay. And I was always kind of curious, like, how's this working? And, and how's it going? And, you know, I, and I am kind of Mr. Curious. So I was always probing and asking, but I really didn't know much more than the average guy. And when this idea came up, I contacted the people that I knew and said, tell me about especially the retail systems in the cannabis industry. And this was a little over six years ago and across the board, everyone said the same three words. They all suck. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, well, you know what? That sure sounds like an opportunity to me. So that's, that was really it. And it was, I connected the dots between what our parent company did to be so successful in the cannabis space, or I mean in the wireless industry space. And it's really no different than Apple. It was UI, UX. How do you make it really easy to use and easy to learn? And if you can create a platform that not dumbs it down, but makes it intuitive so that the lowest level employee could understand how to interact with it, that's the secret to success. So it's no, you know, Apple didn't invent smartphones. They just made them really easy and created an app store where you could get things you wanted. So we took that, you know, that same formula and that's how we got into this. And did you do um, a lot of data analysis to figure out what would be the most crucial functions or was it, you know, just talking with retailers and learning what they needed? Um, I actually did the former. So I wound up, and, and we recognized we don't know anything about the cannabis industry. So step one was, you know, going with that, that realization that it would be foolish for us to say, we, we can build something. We know exactly what you need. So what I wound up doing was I probably met with 30 dispensary owners in three markets in Washington, California, and Colorado. I asked them all the exact same five questions, which is Gary's, Gary's five questions. (laughs) And it was, what are you using now? Why did you pick it? What do you like about it? What don't you like? And if there were any innovations, what would you like those to be in relation to using this technology? Those are good questions. And honestly, that formed the foundation of what we prioritized. But there's one more piece behind, besides that. So in those 30 meetings, you know, I had a, and we, and we were still well over a year from having any, anything to bring to market. Um, you know, I had a spiel about, you know, we're a 20 some year old company. We have 84% share Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint, Rogers, Bell, Telus are all on this platform and, and across the board, the 30 people I met with said, we don't care. And the fact that we were well-funded and it didn't matter. The one thing that mattered was compliance. Oh, yeah. And they all said, if you don't get that, none of the rest of it matters. 
And I'm not that smart of a guy, but after 30 people told me the same thing, I went back to COVA and I said, guys, our first job is compliance. And we decided we would be a compliance first company. And we stuck to that principle and it's, it's proven to be a really, really sound basis to present our, our product to the market. It wasn't really features functionality first. It was how do we build COVA so that it's not just from a regulatory standpoint compliant and interact and connects with the state traceability system. But how do we build our software so that we, again, make it really easy to use but take the human error elements out of being non-compliant? And that's probably the secret sauce of the whole thing. I, I could see that. I, I think everyone I've spoken with over the years, that seems to be their main concern as well, is how can I keep my compliance and keep myself safe? Um, and my employees safe. Well, and you know what these guys all said was, uh, we've gone through so much to get this license that, you know, here you are, an unproven company in the space. Without, you know, without some sort of uh, kind of assurance or trust that you get it, it's just a non-starter. So I, you know, and that just, got incorporated into our our mission was to help them preserve their life. All right, we are going to take a quick break to pay the bills. And when we get back, we'll have more from Gary Cohen. Today's episode of Cannabis and Tech Talks is brought to you by ACS Laboratory, the largest hemp and cannabis testing facility in the southeastern United States, providing a nationwide courier service for CBD and hemp samples. From potency testing and terpene profiling to testing for residual solvents and heavy metals, ACS Laboratory offers a wide range of tests from their state-of-the-art 20,000-square-foot ISO 17025 accredited laboratory. With 21 emerald badges, two years in a row, you can have the satisfaction knowing your results will be consistent and accurate. Learn more about ACS Laboratory, go to acslabcannabis.com. And is that sort of what inspired you to launch these new educational seminars? There's another whole story there. So because of that compliance orientation, We've been incredibly deliberate about which states we go into. And, and, and just because we have limited resources, it's a pretty big lift to build out everything that a market needs. So, you know, we would weigh what's the opportunity against what's the work to just go into a market. So if it was a brand new medical market in a really small state and let's say there was a limited number of licenses the likelihood that we're going to go do all of that internal work on the software plus the external connectivity into the state system probably doesn't add up you know and have a positive return on investment so COVID was very very deliberate And when we look at kind of the summer of 2018, 
you know, Oklahoma had passed their medical marijuana initiative. And because it was a red state, it was a small state, and it was medical. We didn't get, when I say we, I'll blame myself. I didn't give it any attention. I, I was just kind of dismissed it because California was the biggest market. Michigan was coming. Um, we have over 50% share of Canada. So we had our hands busy up there. And I didn't give Oklahoma any consideration. And then they started giving out licenses on October 1st. And I just started seeing all these leads, like like a crazy number of Oklahoma leads. Hmm. And COVA's always been really polite. And we send a really nice note that says, thank you for inquiring about our solution. However, we're not in your state. And if we ever are, we'll get a hold of you, but we, you know, we wish you luck. And we're sending out, like, by the time we'd sent out like 45 or 50 of those letters, I went, hold on, something's going on down there in Oklahoma. And, and we're obviously late to the party because all of our competitors had been, you know, working or marketing to Oklahoma leading into those licenses for months and months. So, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. So I, I went to some of my sales guys and I picked out about eight of the leads that looked legitimate, meaning they put a real name, not Johnny Stoner and a <laughs> fake phone number, you know, and yeah. a stupid email address. And I picked out eight that looked like legitimate people. And I said, give these guys a call and say your CEO just wants to come down and learn about Oklahoma. He's not trying to sell you anything, just wants to learn. And all eight said, yeah, we'll meet with them. Nice. So six of them were in Oklahoma City and two were in Tulsa. I flew down. This is like late October. And... Um, I didn't realize they all wanted to pick my brain as much as I wanted to pick their brain. <laughs> but what I learned was all eight of them had either no retail experience, some of them had zero business experience, and none had any cannabis experience. Wow. And, and I was I was a little shocked and and like this one woman, she was gonna use her insurance money from her husband's passion to start a dispensary. And she was like a retired school teacher. Oh, wow. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't my place to say, you know, you're, you're getting in way over your head. It was people like that. And, and again, I just, I just kind of said, these guys don't know what they're, what they're getting into. I saw some of them pay consultants in the tens of thousands of dollars to kind of help them write a business plan. And then this one person, I was shocked. They had a consultant from Kansas. I go, you know, there's no cannabis in Kansas. Oh and they said, no, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> and I go, how'd you find this person? And they go, well, online. They said, cannabis consulting. You know, so... I saw this whole void 
in knowledge. And I came up with this idea. I said, you know, we should do these seminars of how to open a dispensary. And I created the, curic the curriculum. We did our first two um, in Oklahoma. One was in Oklahoma City, one was in Tulsa. We had probably 45 or 50 people at each. And, um, and you know, when I do these, the first thing I, and there's six hours. So there's three, two out, like hour and a half segments. And the first thing I say is, I, I want to promise you, this is not an advertisement for Copa software. And if I get salesy on you or go down that path, you could, you've got a water bottle and a pen there. You can throw it at me. <laughs> you know, stop me from, from my natural tendency. <laughs> and then I, I, I live up to my promise. I don't, it's not about selling Cova. It's about uh, these three areas that we think are really important for them to know to, to go into this with their eyes open. And my hope is that we give them a bunch of clues that they never thought of about things to think through and plan and budget for. So that's what happened. It was really the Oklahoma people um, being so naive about what they're getting into that we decided to do this. Wow. I think that's super valuable. I know. I think it's like that in a lot of, a lot of newly legal states. You know, everyone wants to be part of the green rush, but very few know how to do it, you know? Well, you know, three weeks ago, I went to Mississippi and, and I'm never doing this again. <laughs> I did four seminars in three days in three different cities. And I felt like, you know, I felt like um, the who, you know? <laughs> I felt like, man, this is like a rock and roll lifestyle to be on stage six hours a day and then going to the next city and doing it again and going to the next. But we had over a thousand people registered in Mississippi. Wow. It was, it was the most insane thing I've ever seen. Well, so what are, what are people expecting to learn when they show up? What are kind of the key points, key takeaways they're hoping to get from you? Well, it's funny. We, we, we share and we share exactly what the agenda is. So the first section is how to open a dispensary and it's tailored to each market. So we look at where, for example, where is Mississippi with their regulations? Where are they in the application process? And what does that look like? What are the costs? What, you know, depending on what we know or have to assume, what normally goes into the application? And in that section, we also talk about the financial um, projections of opening the dispensary. Mm. So in Mississippi was the first time there was kind of a kind of a sad aspect to it because the application fee is fifteen thousand dollars. Oh my word! And then if it's approved. It's $25,000 for your first year license. Wow. That's 
you know, for a, for a crack at the ball. And then we share based on market level indexing, you know, here's the labor cost, here's the real estate cost, here's normal cost to set up a retail operation, which includes, you know, your display cases, refrigerators, safe, security system, like some of the regulatory reinforcements that, that are necessary for cannabis retail. You know, so, and then we talk about how do you raise money? And what was sad was there were people in the audience who were thinking, well, Mississippi is going to be like Oklahoma, which was $2,500 for a license. Mm. And, you know, you could just tell there was probably one in 10 in the room that, wow, this is like, I, they're thinking to themselves, I can't get access to 200 plus thousand dollars to start up this business. Mm-hmm. And then because it's cannabis, we talk about, you know, banking and how, how and where do people get money to do this? So in Mississippi, they, it was the first time I ever really saw people kind of bummed out that, that we shared the reality of, of what it is, not just the green rush, like jump on the train and you're going to make a million dollars. I mean, well, do you get what I'm saying? Oh yeah. No, that's, so that's, that's clear. That's the first section. The second section is all about compliance and taxation. And we're, and there I explain what seed to sale tracking is and why, um, and why it's important mm-hmm. for our industry and what it means at the federal level that the states are, you know, following that supply chain and chain of custody of where's the marijuana. So we get into that and the hows and whys. And then we talk about, you know, 280E and the kind of the effects locally of, of how you got to track, whether it's excise taxes or marijuana taxes or city and state taxes. So we kind of open their eyes about, you know, this is, this is one of the things that can sink marijuana businesses because it is complex. Mm. And then the third section, which is in the afternoon, is best practices. So it's really taking everything we've known or learned out of the 2,000 dispensaries that are using our software. What are the, what are best practices to have a successful dispensary? And that gets into marketing, community outreach, inventory management, hiring, you know, and, and a lot of it's, the fundamentals of retail, you know, and, and that's one of those things I talk about is, you know, people are always pushing back on me that it's a dispensary. It's not a retail store. And I go, no, a dispensary is yeah. a retail store. All the elements of selling, merchandising, theft, fraud, as a market gets more mature and competition heats up, you're going to have promotions and specials and and, you know, different customer groups with discounts like seniors and veterans. You know, so I get into, like, 
it's better that you guys know where this is heading than get surprised by how this is going to evolve once you get once you get your feet in it. Like I've probably done 25 of these, and the feedback is always the exact exactly the same in every market, which is, you know, I paid 150 or 250 or 400 dollars to go to a seminar, and I got way more out of your free seminar than I got out of those. <laughs> and I think that what they get out of it is. You know, maybe you can tell I'm pretty good at tying back real world experience into the lesson. And this thing is just a six hour pay it forward thing. So we, we go out of our way to put a ton of content in that's practical. And I don't think every, I don't think everyone uh, ever expects it. I think they're, you know, I make a joke, so I'll say, you know, you guys were worried this was going to be like a timeshare thing. <laughs> they do think, like, I'm going to an all-day thing, they buy me lunch. Um, they are a little wary about taking the day off and going to this thing, but I, I guess they are expecting to learn things. I just think we over-deliver on what they were expecting. How can people find um, upcoming seminars in their area? We're going to do one in New Mexico. And I, I don't have the date right in front of me. And we're going to do one in New York City. Um, and they're, they're on the COVA site. It'll, it'll have, we have a, you know, we have COVA and events. So it would be under events. Okay. Do you feel like technologies like Kova make it easier for entrepreneurs to to take a risk and get into the industry? Yeah, I I would say though that it's got to be the technology and the level of service or support that goes with it. Because especially in what we're doing in this particular industry, you have so much complexity with all the regulatory overhead and compliance. And I have over 70 competitors in this space. And there's varying degrees of, of the ways to acquire this similar, similar technology. Some are, you know, order it online, figure it out yourself, watch videos or read manuals, all the way up to like us, which is super heavy hand-holding. And I usually find that the people who start with the do-it-yourself, order it online and figure it out, like if they're in a brand new cannabis state, that's next to impossible to do it right, figure it out, stay compliant, not get and not get out of bounds. Mm. I think if you're in a mature state, you could go that path and probably figure it out because you understand the context of what that technology is supposed to be enabling. Does that make sense? So I, I, I think there's got to be a combination of the technology tied to education, training, and support. That makes sense. If you could offer, you know, a piece of advice to new retailers, what would it be? I would say get someone on your team with cannabis experience cannabis industry experience 
I think that um, that this almost always necessitates a guide, and that that guide could be someone who is a store manager in a in a mature state that's had cannabis for a while, legal cannabis. Um, oh, I think the word legal. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one to to plug in because everybody's got everyone's got cannabis. I think that you know it's it's so funny. Like I'm the, I'm not in the growing side of the business, but you know there's a million there's a million people who've grown cannabis in their dorm room under a bunk bed or in the basement, and they might have grown the greatest pot ever. But to go do it at scale, legally, takes expertise. And I would say the same goes for dispensaries. I don't think you can just um, conjure up all of the clues to make you successful. Mm. I think there is, you know, for example, what do you buy? How do you buy it? How do you know what you're buying? How do you match the available product to your market and the demographics in your market? And if you've got no context or experience, you don't know what questions to ask, you know, to stock your store. So you really, whether it's a consultant or someone who's, who's got some experience doing this, I think is essential. That's super valuable advice. I learned a lot from this discussion. I really appreciate your insights, um, and I'm thrilled to share it with our audience. I know they'll get a lot from it. Good. Yeah, well, thanks for thanks for even doing it. I, <laughs> you you just happen to pick a topic that it's kind of obvious I'm passionate about. I think this is this has turned around our business, or or escalate or accelerated it doing these seminars. So I love it. And I think it's been it's been a, a really valuable differentiator in the market. Yeah, I'm sure. I'd be interested to hear what some feedback from your clients. I'm sure they've they've got a unique perspective too as to what they found most valuable from it. But I'll I'll let you enjoy your the rest of your time relaxing before your flight and <laughs> and I sure appreciate um, speaking with you. Thanks again. If you enjoyed today's episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Apple, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also pick up the most recent issue of Cannabis and Tech Today on Barnes & Noble newsstands across the country, or grab a copy for free on CannatechToday.com. That's all for this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, brought to you by PolyScience. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, stay elevated. (laughs) Oh, my God.